Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of with the living on the <laughs> Exciting indeed as we are rounding out the end of the regular season with only two weeks left. Oh, uh, we hit week twelve. Of course we'll go through our picks. Uh, the big game uh, this weekend, top 10 matchup between our Buckeyes and the Spartans in the shoe. Of course, which we will look in, look in depth at. Right. Uh, before that, any quick uh, thoughts on this week's uh, playoff rankings? <laughs> ha ha is what I have to say. Ha ha. Um, playoff rankings. So I got on the internets uh, not long afterwards to put on my top 10. And I got a variety of responses, um, such as... Where'd you put it on? I'm sorry, what? Where uh, did you put it on at? I put it on the Ozone. I put it as the righteous top ten, and I was told to put down the crack pipe. They did not take (laughs) none too kindly to my top ten. Of course, you know, I have Michigan at number two, and so... Um, there was unease about the fact that I had that, but actually the biggest gripe was, um, Notre Dame being in my top four. Um, and how could you see not be ahead of Notre Dame? And, and it was like talking to really, a brick wall or maybe, a you know, our pug, you know, we know our pug's not terribly bright, and that's what it felt like I was talking to and trying to respond to. How could how could uh, Notre Dame be ahead of you? See, they beat them. Yep, but it's the same thing as with Ohio State, Oregon, Michigan, Michigan State, right? With the committee, uh, or, uh, Notre Dame has had a much better year aside from their loss to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati, frankly, doesn't look very good right now. Uh, honestly, Cincinnati has not looked like if I if they were not getting hyped up every week, um, and you know just kind of went about their business. Probably about five weeks ago, they would have stopped looking like a contender to me. They for five weeks or so they have not looked like a contender. So um, people just need to you know stop whining about UC. Uh, with respect to the playoff committee, I'm getting sick and tired of the SEC Love Fest. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. I gripe about it all the time. I rant about it all the time. Alabama is not a top four team right now. I'm sorry, but they're just not. Uh, I, in my rankings, I think I had them at what? I, I sent them over to you. What did I have them at? Sixth? Seventh? Something like that. Uh, yeah, hold on. I think I have them at sixth this week. Which is up, right? It's up from the, the, the prior one that I did where I had them at number eight. But they don't belong in there. Um, Mississippi State, I told you, I told you on our last episode, I told you that Mississippi State was going to be in the top 25, and sure enough, there they are. Why? Um, they lost to Memphis, I think, or at least came very close to losing. Yeah, um, they, they did lose to Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. Uh, they've lost four games. Um, what 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 have they done? Oh, well, they beat Auburn. Uh, so did Penn State, and Penn State has the same record as Mississippi State. Why isn't Penn State in there? I'm not saying that they should be, but it's just it's this SEC self-fulfilling prophecy and love fest. Put as many SEC teams in there as you can, and... Don't be surprised when Georgia and Alabama... I heard people today talking about Alabama making the playoffs even if they lose to Georgia. Stop. 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 Yes, if 2007 happens all over again where we have chaos at the end of the year, a two-loss team might get in. Otherwise, just stop. Alabama will not belong in there if they lose that second game. Nor will Ohio State or Michigan or Michigan State for that matter. Um... What else? I, I think Agreed. that well, he, he, the the only other thing. Your, uh, yeah, sorry. Hold on. Here are your top ten, real quick. Yes. For whatever you do in your metrics, it it's comes called out. magic. <laughs> well, the magic shows Georgia at one, and then Michigan, 
at two, Notre Dame at three, Ohio State four, Michigan State five, Alabama six, Oklahoma State seven, UC eight, Oklahoma nine, and Ole Miss ten. And I ask anybody to put aside, because clearly I have, clearly I have put aside my Ohio State bias. You think I like having Michigan anywhere in the top 25 at all? No. Um, but to this point in the season, they have a better resume than Ohio State. Now, in in the Magic, what I can also say is numbers two through five are all extremely close. Basically, if this week works out the way it's, it, it, we think it should, right? If Ohio State wins and Michigan wins and Notre Dame wins, Ohio State will leap to number two. Michigan will probably fall to number three, and Notre Dame will probably fall out. Um, If Alabama wins like they should, Alabama will likely leap up into the top four. Okay? And the thing is, is I probably should have hit it, right? Let's just assume for a second those three things happen. Michigan, Ohio State, and Alabama, and Notre Dame, they all win. My top four next week, and now I have to go through the magic again, but... It's likely to look like Georgia, Ohio State, um, Michigan, Alabama. And not many people would argue with that. They would probably, everybody would want to take Bama and jam them to number two, and then they would be happy uh, because they can't get over themselves in this Alabama and SEC love affair. But um, that top four, nobody would probably argue with. And if things work out this week like they're supposed to, that's how it's going to look next week. And then I should have sprung it on, well, here's how it looked last week, right? Because then maybe you get some idea of how it got from there to here, and you can understand that it's a fairly objective formula. Is it perfect? Is it right? I don't know. Probably not, but at least it's an attempt to be objective. Um, Penalize people for losing games. Penalize them badly for losing bad games. Reward them for winning. Reward them even more for winning big over good teams. I mean, how is that wrong? Um, Of course, you got me off on on my top 10 and my rant uh, (laughs) just about the SEC. I think generally, um, back to the college football uh, committee, uh, they're just making themselves look dumb. The more and more... They keep Michigan State in front of Michigan. The more and more they try to juggle teams in that top 25 based off of head-to-head when uh, time has diverged, and and yet they keep Oregon, who is clearly not as good as Ohio State right now, and they keep Oregon, oh, they won the head-to-head, so we've got to keep Oregon up in front of them. I mean, look at that Stanford loss. Stanford is what now? Three and seven? Right? Yeah, pretty bad. So they can't make a bowl game. Stanford's not likely to win another game, but let's say they split the next two. They they end up four and eight. Purdue was a bowl team in 2018 when they spanked Ohio State. It was Ohio State's only loss. The Big Ten champion had one loss. They had kicked the crap out out of a ranked team in the Big Ten Championship game by three touchdowns. They annihilated the number four team in the country prior to that, and they got zero love for it. Instead, what they did is they stuck a two-loss Georgia team in front of Ohio State. Now, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have made the playoffs. I would argue that if you looked at it objectively, don't be surprised if they should have maybe been that number four team. The point is, this is a complete 180 from then. Stanford is a worse team in 2021 than Purdue was in 2018, and somehow that's okay. I don't get it. All right, I think well, we're done. I think we're done. I'm done. <laughs> You're done. Yeah, I won't add too much. You know, do you, if you heard uh, Barda's speech, and, oh. you know, at one point he says, you know, put aside watching the games, you know. And or try to put aside metrics. watching his teeth. He needs to get some work done if he's going to get in front of the camera. <laughs> but... Yeah, clearly, uh, they don't watch all the games. Uh, no. And, I mean, he kind of mentioned it, but, yeah, there's no reason. I mean, and that's the thing, too. There's no reason that these 13 people specifically should 
be the ones choosing because they're the ADs, but they don't really watch all that football in general. I mean, I'd rather have, you know, people like like the Cover 3 podcast who's pretty much just all all college football every day, all right? That's that's all they do. Like, you know, people who actually watch and and know the insides of college football. Like, if you had 13 of those people, okay, you know what? Uh that even itself would be better, but yeah, you got 13 people in there who mostly don't really have a clue about football or probably care. So it's just anyways. Um, yeah, in terms of rankings, the biggest thing is just, yeah, inconsistencies. There's no reason you can't have it both ways. You can't have, uh, Oregon ahead of Ohio state and Michigan ahead of Michigan state. You can't have that both ways. Uh, Um, and yet they continue to do it. So we'll harp on that. Uh, and then, yeah, Mississippi state. Um, I mean, not only is that terrible, I mean, they're, Purdue has a better resume at six and four than Mississippi State does. Agreed. I mean, three a lot better. They, three, yeah, three of their four losses are two currently ranked teams. So, it, yeah, I mean, you could put other, many other four loss teams in there besides Mississippi State. Uh, so, yeah, it's just fodder for, you know. Well, and the other thing, too, I say fodder for Alabama, but Alabama beat them by 40, 40 points, 4 0. Mm-hmm. I don't care yeah. if it's Alabama. They they lost by forty. There's no reason they should be. Yeah, I mean Purdue was closer to Ohio State. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, in terms of the others, yeah. Oh, and the other thing, there's no reason why. First of all, Wisconsin should be the high loss, uh, highest, you know, three loss team in there. But there's no reason that they and A and M should be at fifteen and sixteen. Uh, they should be much lower if you're going to rank them. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, and so, I think they yep. penalized Oklahoma a bit too much. You'll see in my uh, top ten, I have Oklahoma yeah, at number nine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I won't go. Yeah, no, no, not too much more to say. Just inconsistency, and obviously, of course, you know our team is is good. And we know they just have to win out. But um, yeah, I've heard a lot of talk too about a two loss. Alabama getting in over an undefeated Cincinnati. And as much as, you know, we harp on the group five Cincinnati, that, that can't happen. No. To put a two, two loss non-champ over an undefeated conference champion, even if the conference isn't great, but we'll get to that bridge. If it comes to it, uh, moving into the game preview for this week, uh, a big, a big matchup. Ohio State, State and meat and meat chicken all nine and one looking for that big 10 East spot in the championship game. Uh, I'll get us started here. You know, it's, it's funny because I believe the spread is pretty much the same as it was last week. And, you know, Michigan State's ranked higher as the better team. And it makes you wonder, you know, why the spread's 20 and a half or I guess 19 and a half in this case. Um, you know, for Ohio State. Uh, I'll start off by saying, you know, this this game really reminded me of the uh, 2014 game I went back and watched, uh, except Michigan State doesn't have as good of a quarterback. And I don't know. Peyton do, Thorne's you know, not bad. No, he's not. I mean, they, I think at that time they had uh, Cook, who was, who was pretty good. Um, right. Maybe he he is on the same level. I don't know. But either way, Michigan State was a good team that year, uh, you know, especially that that kind of few year stretch, you know, thirteen to fifteen, um, and you know that game was at Michigan State. Uh, you know, Ohio State had a pretty good offense. I think the final score that that year was forty nine to thirty seven. It was pretty high. Um, yeah, it was a high score. And I don't, I don't see you know a lot of differences uh, from that game. You know, you have a higher powered offense. I do think this Ohio State offense is better. Uh, speaking of which, just on a quick side note, it was really weird to see, you know, JT Barrett run QB power like 15 times. Like just after <laughs> yeah. watching the past couple of years, like that, just watching that just seemed almost foreign, you know, like, right. Even though that wasn't that, that long ago, I'm just like, man, so thankful we don't have that anymore. <laughs> well, that uh, year it was great. Um, 
2015, it, it became old hat, and they didn't have well, you know very good uh, offensive coordinators to to mix it up any differently. At least in 2014, right. Tom Herman knew how to use JT Bear, JT Bear in that role, and how to use Elliott and everybody else. You know, fast forward to 2015 when they had those other two tools. Uh, co-coordinating after Herman left, and they didn't know what to do. And that's why they didn't hand the ball off to Elliott. Elliott, you know, an all-pro for Dallas Cowboys, who had the previous year had three games in a row over 200 yards. Let's not hand it off to him when we play Michigan State that year. But you're, you're right. I mean, generally speaking, yeah, I'm glad that we're not running that play over and over again, although I'd like to see Stroud run it every once in a while. Right. But – yeah. Well, we also had a uh, you know a, J- a freshman JT Barrett who wasn't afraid to throw it more than twenty yards down the field that year right. too. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, that injury uh, against Michigan really. I after that he was not the same. You know, twenty fifteen. I think you're right. He was scared because I I always come back to that. everybody who talks about how. You know, JT Barrett wasn't a good pass or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, go back to the 2014 year and in that Michigan State game even. You know, there were a couple of really nice balls that he threw in that game. Uh, some in the UC game and other games that year. Uh, he didn't really go into a shell passing-wise until Michigan took him out. And then he was just never the same uh, from a passing perspective. Yeah, but I digress. All that to say... Um, you know, it's just, it just reminded me of that game, uh, because we could see a lot of fireworks, um, you know, obviously starting, uh, out with Michigan state, uh, obviously I, I think, you know, this is, it was tough for me looking at that spread because Michigan state is one of the more balanced teams, uh, that Ohio state has seen in a while, probably honestly, since Oregon, uh, you know, Peyton Thorne is a market step up from, you know, the past couple of years and Lombardi and whoever else was back there. Uh, Cause he can actually, he actually throws a, a pretty deep ball. Um, Rocky he Lombardi. Is pretty, <laughs> he is pretty accurate. So uh, he does have a couple speed receivers, but the, you know, the, the running back is really good. Uh, of course he, he gashed Michigan and he was the main reason why they won that game. So you have to be ready for both. Um, and it, does make me a little nervous because unlike you know it's it's like a 180 you know they have to completely turn around from Purdue game you know in terms of scheme wise and uh, matchups now of course I think they can do it but you know that's the battle you have to face this week uh, you know all that being said on the Michigan State side um, I think our, our linebackers are better at you know at least reacting to the ball uh, stopping the run, although they haven't really had to that much since Oregon. So there is a chance that, you know, Walker could, we could see him do like the Minnesota game and put up 200 yards. Um, I don't think the receivers will be that much of a threat. I do think our cornerbacks are good. It's just the middle of the field, you know. Uh, how much are they going to try to exploit the middle? But our defensive line has been playing a lot better, and I think the key is going to be the pressure. Uh, if they can get enough, keep them off the field enough, uh, I think that'll be what what gets us the win because I do think the offense will have a field day. Uh, Michigan State secondary is one of the worst in the country. Uh, Michigan threw, for the most they've thrown all year on uh, Sparty, and it wasn't even close. In terms of their averages, Purdue, even though they're just a passing team, put up you know for 530 yards in the air. So I do think Ohio State knows those matchups are there, and I do think they'll exploit them. I think they'll have a big day on in the air. It's just a question of um, you know will Michigan State punch back? I feel like they could early, you know, like that uh, 2014 game. That's why I mentioned it. You know, I think it was 20 21 all. You know, in the second quarter there, and then Ohio State pulled away. You know, we're up twenty-one late there till Michigan State came back. But all that being said, I am going to take Ohio State in this game to cover that nineteen and a half, um, mainly because of that offense. I do think they'll exploit that secondary. I don't think Michigan State will be able to keep up. 
and something like a 40, you know, a 49 to uh, 28 type game where Michigan State, you know, finds a couple ways to score, but they just can't stop us. Um, I fully expect Ohio State to light it up. Uh, and I think they can. I, you know, I think they they know what's at stake. They've hit that point, and we saw it last week against Purdue, and I think we're going to see it again. So give me the Buckeyes in this game. Okay. Uh, 24. You got them for 24. Couldn't go 25, huh? Couldn't just throw no, that was, one was extra one, one on there. and I was one game more confident, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of people, well, read a lot of uh, folks on the internet um, saying the same thing. Feels like the 2014 game. A um, little different going into it. Uh, because Ohio State, um, you know, they had lost Virginia Tech earlier in the year. Uh, they were just starting to come around as a team. And Michigan State had won um, in the Big Ten championship the prior year, uh, you know, ending Ohio State's undefeated season. And, you know, people forget that had Ohio State won that Big Ten championship game, they would have been in the B- BCS National Championship, the last one, uh, probably against Florida State. Um, so it was a little bit different. There was this; it was really more on the flip side. You know, can Ohio State go in and take on Michigan State, who had beaten them last year? Um, so it felt different going into it. I yes, I can see an outcome that's very similar to your point. The score was like forty nine thirty seven, something in that that range. And yes, uh, given how poor Ohio State's defense is this year certainly we could see a similar outcome in terms of score but I think even in the game it's a bit different because again in you know as you pointed out you know just Ohio State's offense was completely different um more uh, on JT and on Ezekiel um yes they would go downfield but not quite like they do now so you know they felt different uh, Michigan State feels a bit different because, yeah, I think Peyton Thorne's good. I think he's very accurate on that long pass, like you said. But um, this year, they're more about uh, Kenneth Walker. So, yeah, I, I get the similarities. I, I do think, though, it's there are definitely some differences. Uh, what I'm looking for, um, number one, let's come out and play offense like we did last time, right? You know, if the offense can just, you know, maintain, then that's 90% of the battle um, because they'll score a crap ton of points and probably um, more than Michigan State and win. So that's number one. Just come out with some consistency. Um, what I'd like to see with that offense is a little bit more run. They, they, they had some good running um, the last game, but it still seemed a little disjointed didn't quite feel fluid, and I can't really describe that, but it just didn't feel um, as fluid, but it felt a lot better, obviously, than prior weeks. So a little bit more out of the run, a little more creativity uh, on the running. Um, and, of course, you know, obviously from the passing game, just do what you do because Michigan State will let you. They are the worst pass defense. Uh, and as bad as we've lit up just about everybody through the air – we are going to do it to Michigan State. Um, so I'm looking for that offensively. Defensively, uh, I, I think that number one thing is, if anything has improved, it is the run defense. The run defense really feels like it has improved from the beginning of the year, and that's going to be extremely important in this game because um, the difference between Michigan State and Purdue Michigan State can throw the ball like Purdue did, um, but they can run the ball much better with Walker. And that's that's going to be the key then defensively. Uh, I am i don't like it, but I'm resigned to the fact that they're going to look terrible in the passing game, uh, pass defense again. Um, I'm expecting it. And so in order for us to at least come out like we did against Purdue, we got to stop Walker. Pure and simple. Stop Walker. I think the second thing, get some damn pressure. Uh, 
Uh, you had mentioned you know the defensive line getting better. I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, yeah, they've had a few games, but I don't count Indiana. I don't count Akron. I don't count Rutgers. I don't count Maryland against Penn State and Nebraska. Penn State felt like they got some good pressure. Nebraska, yeah, not too bad. But that far into the season, I expected much better uh, improvement from the defensive line. And then they turn around and they stunk to high heaven against um, Purdue. There's no two ways around. And I've heard, you know, Jerry DiNardo and a few others, oh, well, you know, they were oftentimes, um, you know, just, uh, you know, pressing with three and dropping back. Why? Why? Get some stinking pressure on. You know, I mean, even if you're Ohio State, you got four and five stars on that defensive line, even if you are only going to rush three, you should still be getting better pressure than what they're getting. So uh, I expect the defensive, uh, not the secondary, but the defensive, the the pass defense to look like trash, like it has for most of the year. Uh, But I expect, and I'm looking for the defensive line to actually get their heads out of their butts and get some pressure. Get some pressure. Stop Kenneth Walker. We know your pass defense is going to look like crap. Um, at least this way, we'll go pass happy on Michigan State. We'll win by three touchdowns. Um, so that's my spiel on it. That's what I'm looking for. That's how I see it happening. And, yes, I do think we'll cover the spread. Like I said before, uh, I feel icky when I don't pick Ohio State. Uh, so I'm taking Ohio State uh, to cover that, uh, and I'm doing so with my full confidence of 25. Yeah, I, well, the only thing about the pressure, I do think they will have, you know, four guys all the time now, of course, and, I, you know, they'll bring a, a lot of extra blitzes, I assume. I think they just went vanilla against Purdue, and they're going to show a lot more of this game, I imagine. Uh, so I do expect just from that aspect that they, they will get home uh, quite a bit more. Righto. Uh, moving on to uh, just a few games, you know, before we do a rapid fire, um, you know, just a couple of the ranked matchups to hit uh, that are interesting. Of course, Oregon at Utah. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Utah, or that, um, yeah, Utah is favored by three and a half. Uh, I think that number's too high. I think it should be more like one and a half. That's why I took Oregon. Uh, this Utah definitely can win. Uh, especially at home, they're a much better home team. Uh, this is going to be a tough matchup. You know, the Utah's not the best run defense, and that could hurt them. But you know, Oregon, Oregon didn't lose their best rusher, but they have also been consistent in trying to keep with uh, the run game. So that could hurt Utah. Um, I don't think Brown will have much success through the air uh, against Utah. So Utah, with their quarterback, has been playing better. They could score some points. It could maybe turn into a shootout. I don't expect that. Maybe a lower scoring game. So uh, anybody could win this. Um, but in, in that close tight matchup, especially, you know, since you're giving Utah that hook, I am going to take Oregon with 10, uh, even if they do lose by a field goal. Yeah, I, I noticed you, you you took Oregon. I was a little surprised. Um, yeah, so what I did slightly differently this time that I normally do is, um, you know, like I had said before, you know, I'll go through those picks uh, on that site and, you know, sometimes I'll just go through the 25 and I'll pick a handful that I just feel like there's, uh, yeah, I got those not worth really looking deeper into. And then I'll go kind of analyze the rest. But, uh, this time I just went through all 25 and said, okay, what is my gut telling me? So I went through and I picked, all 25 without doing any analysis whatsoever. Um, in fact, on the sheet that I sent you the picture of, you'll see the check marks. Uh, there's like five of them. And um, those were ones that I actually changed. Uh, I actually had the other team before I went and did some analysis and decided to make a change. Um, you'll also notice on Oregon, and I'll cut right to the chase with this part of it, I, I'm going with my second full confidence uh, of 24. Um I picked them right out of the shoot, uh, Utah, to, to beat, uh, well, yeah, to, to at least cover. Uh, then when I did did go into the analysis of it and I looked at the numbers, it didn't matter anyway. I cut this one up. Uh, Utah should win this game. 
this this is Utah's game to win. There's a reason they're th- favored by three and a half. It's because they're the better team. Um, they are at home. Oregon, aside from that win against Ohio State, good on you. But they're not that great of an away team. Uh, and to your point, Utah is a very good home team. And when you look at all the common opponents, because they have a lot of them at this point, Utah has on the aggregate performed not just better, than Oregon, but much better than Oregon against those common opponents. And so any way I look at this, this is Utah, and I'm going with 24. All right. Uh, I know another one uh, ranked matchup, Alabama and Arkansas. Um, Arkansas has you know, had a much better season than they've had in a while. Uh, good on them. This one is at Alabama. It's 20 and a half, but similar reasons for, uh, you know, the Ohio State, Michigan State game. I just, I, I'm going with Alabama pretty high, uh, I believe with uh, 14, because I just think it's it's not a great matchup for Arkansas. Uh, Alabama's getting some guys back on the line. Their offensive line hasn't been great, uh, but Arkansas has given up a lot of points to teams that are balanced and can, can actually pass the ball, uh, you know, a la Ole Miss. I think Alabama will do the same. Uh, they probably have a field day with Arkansas's defense. And even if Arkansas scores that some, I could see, you know, a 40, 42, uh, 20 type game uh, where Arkansas just can't really get it going. So, uh, I would like you know see Arkansas play well uh, in this game, and maybe they will. But I just it doesn't seem like uh, they'll match up well against Alabama. So give me Alabama in this game. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Alabama as well. Fairly high confidence, 17. Um, this game feels like Bama's type of game where, yeah, Bama is not as good this year as in years past. Um, you know, sorry, but the resume isn't very good. They have, what, one win? They have the win over Mississippi and Mississippi State. But again, Mississippi State's four-loss team. You know, uh, Ohio State's got several of those wins. Um, but again, Mercer, Southern Miss, New Mexico State, almost lost to Florida. Um, I'm saying all that because that being said... Bama does seem to treat the teams in their division, like Arkansas, uh, Mississippi, all kind of the same. And I do see this outcome being very similar to like the Mississippi one, something like a 42 to 21, if not you know, a little bit bigger. Um, yes, I would love to see Arkansas show up, give Bama a game. I'd love to see him beat Bama. Wouldn't that be fun? Um, because, man, would the uh, SEC world just spin. You know, what are we going to do now? We can't uh, – can we put a three-loss Bama in if they lose to Georgia? I don't know. Um, but, you know, Arkansas will shoot up the rankings. Um, you know, even though they've had a couple of stinkers, uh, it wouldn't matter because they beat the mighty uh, Bama, and they would probably shoot up to like 12 or something. Who knows? But none of that's going to happen because Bama's going to cover this one, and I'm pretty confident in that one. Uh, speaking of that real quick, you know, I think three off the top of my head, three SEC teams are playing FCS teams this week. Of course they are. That's, yeah. that's how they feast at Thanksgiving. Some people have turkey. Some people have ham. The SEC, every time, you know, every year at this time, they have FCS teams. That's their Thanksgiving feast. Yeah. I mean, if you want to play them, fine. Do it at the beginning of the year. There's no reason why you sh- they should be playing those types of teams this late in the season. Like, it's just, it's asinine. But I would argue they shouldn't be playing them at all. You know, Ohio State, they played Youngstown State, you know, several years back. And since then, I don't believe they've played an FCS team. I, I think they've actually made it a policy not to. And I agree with it. Don't play FCS teams. Um, but, you know, Whatever. Yeah. I know those are games, you know, for those lower schools to get some money, but there's a bunch of other FBS teams you can play, the group of yeah. five teams. Yeah, go yeah. play Kansas. 
Yeah. Or <laughs> Vanderbilt from that conference, right, from SEC. But All right, well, what's the next game? Yeah. <laughs> um, otherwise, just, you know, some uh, interesting matchups, but, you know, no ranked. So do you want to go through any of them specifically before we – I guess uh, yeah, they're, Oklahoma, they're Oklahoma Iowa State. Yeah, okay, yeah, Oklahoma. Um, That's a good one. Just because uh, Iowa State, even though they're not ranked, uh, they haven't been as good this year. Uh, it's it's still you know at the end of the season they're supposed to be one of the better teams. Still a four loss team. Uh, I I took Oklahoma in this game to cover four and a half, uh, mainly just because Iowa State uh, is not what they were last year. Uh, their defense is not as good, uh, and they their offense has been very inconsistent. And so I don't think they'll have a game plan like Baylor did. I don't think they'll be able to exploit some of those deficiencies like Baylor did. And so, uh, especially off a loss, I think Oklahoma will bounce back, have a good game. So I put 11 on them. Uh, I just don't think Iowa state has it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, this is, you know, it's Oklahoma lost, uh, and they lost kind of ugly. Um, the whole second half of that game, it was Baylor, and Oklahoma just didn't look good. And so how do they respond? Um, yes, Iowa State is good enough, um, especially based off of how Oklahoma's performed this year. They are, Iowa State is definitely good enough to go into that game and win. Um, but I am betting that Oklahoma will be just a little too ticked off. Um, and with that low of a spread, yes, I think at home – being ticked off after that last game, um, I think Oklahoma will win this one um, fairly handedly. Hand, hand is that the right word? Handily, 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 handily. All right. Any others you want to go through before we uh, go down the list? Well, Clemson Wake Forest. That one's interesting. You know, Clemson getting the three and a half point favorite there over Wake Forest. Um, and I'm not sure that Clemson's really done a lot yet to to you know warrant um, being favored in that. Uh, that being said, I am taking Clemson, but not overly confident. Uh, so that's why I'm interested. I you know Wake Forest obviously uh, <clears throat> still hanging around the top ten. Um, that one I, I'm just very curious to see how that one goes. I am too. Uh, Clemson could still make the championship game if they beat Wake Forest and Wake loses in the last week. Uh, be a you know tall order, but uh, I did pick Clemson as well, uh, mainly because Wake Forest has historically struggled with Clemson, especially on the road at Clemson. Uh, I that's just tough. Clemson, yeah, hasn't done much. I don't know if they should be favored, but I just have a feeling. Um, you know, Wake Forest when they played. Better defenses have struggled, you know, and they are a high-flying offense, and they don't have a good defense. So, uh, you know, like Clemson did against Louisville, they could put up 30-some points, you know, and win this game, you know, by six points, you know, a touchdown, I feel like. So uh, that's why I'm going with Clemson. But, yeah, only with six. Super, super. Okay, you ready for your semi-rapid fire? I am. We start uh, tomorrow's game with Houston, nine and a half favorites at home versus Memphis. Uh, going with Houston, I think they're a much better team, especially at home. Uh, I think they'll cover this pretty easily. I got nineteen. I've got thirteen on San Diego State, uh, even though it's eleven and a half, and they're at UNLV. UNLV not a great team, even though they've been playing better. Uh, San Diego State should win this easily. I think. I've got five on FSU. Uh, two-point dogs on the road at Boston College. Boston College got their quarterback um, back. They've been playing better with him. Uh, FSU needs us for bull eligibility, and I think they'll I think they'll win this game just because of that. I've got six, like I said, on Clemson, 24 on the Buckeyes. Um, Penn State favored by 17.5 at home versus Rutgers. I'm actually taking Rutgers. Um, I think they could... Uh, stymie Penn State's offense. I don't know if Penn State will move the ball that well. Rutgers doesn't have an offense, but I could see this being like the Illinois game, you know. Uh, not a win, but, you know, where Penn State only wins by like 10 or something. Uh, I've got 11 on Oklahoma. I've got 12 on Illinois. I was only won their uh, last two games by five points. 
uh, until their offense shows up, I'm not going to take them. Illinois has been playing a little bit better. Uh, I don't expect Illinois to win, but I'm going to take them with 12 to cover. I've got 25, all 25 on Notre Dame. Uh, Georgia Tech is terrible. I think Notre Dame will light them up and win easily. Uh, nine on SMU. Uh, SMU is one of the better passing teams that Cincinnati has played, and they've struggled against uh, terrible uh, AAC teams, and they've given up 20 points in each of those games at least. So I think SMU will at least get 30 this game and be under that spread. I got 23 on Minnesota. Indiana has no offense. They've just dropped off a cliff this year. I think Minnesota will win easily. I've got 23. I've got 21 on Meat Chicken. Uh, Maryland has struggled to throw the ball. Uh, they've been all out of sorts on playing You know, good defensive teams, especially on the line that can get pressure. I think Michigan wins this pretty handily in like a 31-13 type game. I've got 20 on Pitt. Uh, Virginia's pass defense is atrocious, and Pitt will light them up. Even if Virginia's quarterback is back, I think Pitt wins by more than two touchdowns. Of course, 14 on Alabama. I've got 18 on UTSA. I think they went at home and stay undefeated. I've got eight on Nebraska to cover the nine and a half at Wisconsin. Uh, off a of bye, they've been playing all the other Big Ten teams close. Uh, I think they're going to just try to be spoilers for Wisconsin. So, uh, 22 on BYU. Very confident. Uh, terrible Georgia Southern team. Uh, good passing offense. I think BYU wins handily. I've only got three on Syracuse. This one's tough. Syracuse is quietly sitting at five and five. Um, they've been off and on. Uh, I think they might give NC State a game, especially after a, after a tough loss. Um, I'm going to go only two on UCLA. Both teams are very similar. Them and USC, very similar statistics. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. Both are inconsistent, but I'm going to take UCLA. I've got 15 on Baylor. Uh, I do think... They, they play good defense. They keep Kansas State at bay. Win a close one, but cover. I've got one on Virginia Tech. This game could go either way. I, I don't know. So I just took one on Virginia Tech. 16 on uh, Ole Miss. Vandy's terrible. I think they'll win by more than 36 and a half. Uh, of course, 10 on Oregon. Only four on Oregon State. It's at Oregon State. You know, Playing Arizona State, I think Oregon State can win, uh, especially at home. And then uh, 17 on Oklahoma State. Uh, they've been playing really good defense, and I think that will continue against Texas Tech. Okay, that was exciting stuff. Now it's my turn. That's a good analysis. Now, everybody, it's my turn. Is it my turn? It's my turn, oh, yes. right? Okay. Memphis at Houston. I have got Houston. With 19, San Diego State, UNLV. I've got UNLV with 10. Um, this is very interesting. San Diego State is actually pretty bad. I, I What I did is I looked at their common opponents, and I looked at the common opponents that San Diego State played away and for those same opponents that UNLV played at home. And UNLV was like 10 times better uh, in that scenario than San Diego State. So San Diego State going to UNLV, I think uh, UNLV uh, will, will will be able to cover that. Uh, FSU, Boston College. Um, I'm going with Boston College in this one. I mean, Florida State, you know, again, at, at this point in the year, and I've said it before, you know, they, a lot of these teams, they are conference foes. Um, and late in the year, typically they are division foes which means they've probably played a lot of common opponents at this point. And this is another one. When you look at the common opponents with Boston College and Florida State, it's really not close. Boston College is better. So I'm going with uh, BC uh, 9 on that one. I'm going uh, uh, 8 Sorry, uh, with Clemson. Uh, I'm going 25, like I said earlier, with Ohio State. I, too, am going uh, with Rutgers uh, for 7. Um just, I don't know where Penn State's head is at this point. You know, uh, basically they've lost, what, three out of four, right? Uh, Illinois, Ohio State. Yeah. Um, then they beat Maryland in really what didn't look like all that great of a game. Then they lost something of a heartbreaker to Michigan. I just don't know where their head's going to be, and that, that's why I think the spread's probably too high for that one. Otherwise, I you know, they should otherwise roll. Um, I've got uh, 14 on Oklahoma. I've got 15 on Illinois. Very similar here. 
this is one that I've got the check mark. You know, and I went through it first. I'm like, okay, this is the type of game Iowa usually controls. And so I picked Iowa initially, but then I looked at the data. I'm like, nah, I don't know. Um, this is actually more Illinois type of game. Uh, so I'm going with Illinois. Notre Dame, uh, yeah, I'm not quite as confident as you are, but yeah, pretty confident with 18 uh, over Georgia Tech. Um, you see, I'm going with SMU uh, with 11 on this one. Uh, and I will, well, I probably shouldn't say I wouldn't be surprised, but I'll be happy, honestly, if SMU actually wins this game so we can stop talking about freaking UC because I'm sorry, people, they don't deserve it. You know, obviously they have a chance of certain things happen, um, but under no circumstance should they get in over any of the one-loss teams in front of them. Um, even the, in with respect to the college football playoff committee's choices as well, there are a few teams behind them that deserve to be uh, above them. So part of me uh, is just kind of hoping SMU just gets us done with that so we can move on. But either way, uh, SMU... I've got them for 11 on this one. Uh, Minnesota, Indiana, uh, very high like you are on Minnesota here. Indiana is just terrible this year, so 21 with Minnesota. Um, Michigan and Maryland. This really is, people always love to talk about the the quote-unquote sandwich game. I think this one is the perfect sandwich game. Um, Maryland, they're not well coached. That's their problem. they got a lot of talent on that team. They're more talented than Rutgers. Um, frankly, they're probably more talented than Michigan State, uh, to be quite honest about it. Uh, they've got a lot of talent on that team. They're just, they just have a terrible head coach. Um, but even with that, with that talent, that can sometimes creep up on you. Uh, Michigan came off a big, hard-fought win against Penn State, and they got big, bad Ohio State looming on the horizon, and it's going to be for all the marbles, most likely. Michigan can feel that. They can sense that, and they have cowered to it. Under Jim Harbaugh, coming up to this point in the year, they see that on the horizon, and they run away with their tails between their legs, and they start peeing all over themselves. That's why they're, by the way, if you notice at the beginning of the year, All right, they were wearing their white pants with the stripes. They have switched over to the yellow pants. Why? Because they know when they get to this point in the year, they start peeing themselves, seeing what's coming up on the horizon. That's why I see this as a perfect sandwich game, and it's why I'm taking Maryland. I don't expect Maryland to win. I expect Michigan to win, Ohio State to win, to set up a colossal matchup next week. But I think... Um, Maryland might be able to keep the score close. Uh, Pitt and Virginia, same. Uh, Virginia, they don't have their quarterback. He's still injured. We saw against Notre Dame that they can't do anything without that quarterback, so Pitt will light them up, and I've got Pitt for 23. Uh, Arkansas-Bama, I've got Bama 17. Uh, Utsa, I got them for 22. Uh, four and a half seems pretty low when I look at the data on these two teams. Um, Nebraska Whiskey, uh, cautiously taking uh, Nebraska in that one with three. Uh, BYU, Georgia Southern. Uh, I am not nearly as confident as you are. You've got them for 22, uh, BYU. I've got BYU, but when I look at their schedule, they've only beat one team by more than 20 points, and that was a recent game against an FCS opponent. Otherwise, I think their largest margin of victory is 17 points. Um Georgia Southern's not good. They're like three and seven, uh, but it is in Georgia. Uh, you know, a late travel in the year for BYU. Uh, they haven't really gotten to that spread before on a on a uh, FBS team. Um, but Georgia Southern's not good. That's why I am going with BYU, but f- somewhat low confidence in six. Uh, Cuse and NC State. I'm pretty confident in NC State. Uh, Cuse didn't they get spanked last week? It wasn't just a Hard laws, didn't they get spanked by? Uh, yeah, Louisville? I think they did, but yeah, they've also played other teams close, so I don't know. Yeah, like you know, when they were within ten points of Rutgers. Yeah, Sy- Syracuse sucks. Um, NC State, I've got them. What did I say? Sixteen. Uh, UCLA, USC, USC's terrible. Uh, UCLA is not great, but uh, certainly a lot more talented team. When I look at their common opponents, UCLA has performed much better than USC has. Um, I think UCLA will take this one. I've got 19 on the Bruins. Baylor and K-State. 
This one's interesting. You know, Baylor is rightly getting a lot of good hype from beating uh, Oklahoma. Um, Baylor is, what, 8-2, and two, a very good team. They've played a lot of solid games, um, but they've also played a lot of very close games. Um, K-State at 7-3, and three, probably not as talented as Baylor, but it is at K-State. I can see a letdown here um, with Baylor, and so I'm going 4 on K-State. Virginia Tech, Miami, I kind of looks like I feel exactly the same as you. Um, one confidence. Um, well, not exactly the same because I'm actually going with Miami, but the one confidence, right? Neither one of us are really confident in this game. Um, I just, some teams, I was, you know, when a lot of teams have gotten their coaches fired in the middle of the year this year. And a lot of times they say, well, I think they'll rally. You know, it's one of those rallying things. I don't know with Virginia Tech. I, I just, I just can't see it with them. And in Miami, uh, they got a coach who's hanging on for dear life, and that's why I elected to go with Miami in this one. Um, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss. I uh, got Ole Miss with 12. Uh, the only reason it's not higher is that is an awful big spread. Um, Oregon, Utah, like I said before, my second highest confidence, I'm dropping on Utah, 24. Um, Oregon State and Arizona State. Um, yeah, Arizona State is kind of Jekyll and Hyde. I don't think they're all that great away from home. Oregon State's a decent team. Um, I'm really, really confident uh, to the tune of 20 that Oregon State will take this. And then Oklahoma State uh, and Texas Tech. This is one I've got very low confidence on TCU or TTU, Texas Tech. Um, and it's mostly because, number one, looking at all the common opponents, again, um, because there are a lot of them, especially in the Big 12, because they only play, it's a smaller conference, so they basically play everybody in the conference, and they only play three uh, out-of-conference games, right? So at this point in the year, a lot of common opponents, and in no way does the data from the common opponents dictate a 10.5-point spread, believe it or not. Um, So that's one side. But on the other side, Oklahoma State is on fire. So that's why I went, with Texas Tech with low confidence uh, at two. All right. Looks like we have eight different matchups, so it should be uh, an exciting week. Let's just hope that they don't even add again and we end up with the same record yet again. No, I'm going to I'm going to go 25-0 and 0 this week. That would be the day. <laughs> All righty then. Do I take this to mean, dear boy, that we are done with another fantastic episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the boy? I do declare.